0: get it to you after service, okay? So, (laughs) hey, everybody. Good to see you. Wow. What a great memorial weekend crowd here, man. And uh, uh, both of our other pastors, they are, uh, Manuel asked that uh, to be this weekend just to spend time with his family. And so, Pastor Rifle is cycling somewhere this weekend with Dre and Mo, and they're out on their cycles and having a fun time, and uh, and they should have invited me, but uh, I have no motorcycle. I do have a lawnmower, but I have no motorcycles. So <laughs> It's good to see everybody. Praise God. Well, I just want to say this. I know that we have a lot of guests this morning and welcome. We are so glad that you're here with us, and And uh, if you have not filled out the little connection card that's in the bag, you could do that. And if you want to, after the service, just come up here and put it on the pulpit or give it to me or whatever, or the K in the back back there. But we did today. We ran out of bags. Oh, man. So so some of you did not receive a guest bag, which has got a loaf of bread in it, and uh, it's got got bundles of money in it and um no it does have some bread in it and some information so we want you, if you if you did not receive a bag you know what you have to do you've got to come back you've got to come back next week okay and uh be with us again but we just uh, if this is your first time welcome and um we are so glad that you're here and we want to encourage you come back and be with us again okay and um and but I'm so glad that we're all together. Great weekend, and uh, I know we all of us probably have got plans made of cookouts and whatever, and just enjoying a Monday off holiday. And for for maybe some of us, I don't know if everybody has that opportunity of being off, but uh, it's it's a blessing. But you know, um, today I want to share on a, a story to remember. Okay. And uh, part of the reason for Memorial Day is for the opportunity to remember. Amen? Uh, You know, if you don't know, Memorial Day or the act of remembering uh, lives who they laid their lives, they sacrificed their life for this nation, started right after the Civil War in 1866, I believe, May of 1866. And it was a practice of just honoring those that gave their lives, and they continued to do it to do that, and uh, and up until World War One, and then after World War One, they made a decision, the government, that this we, that is so important to remember those who given their lives in all wars, not just one particular war, or whatever, and they they set aside the last Monday of May. As a national holiday, as a holiday of remembrance, and that's so vital and so important, because every life is valuable. Amen? Every person's life is valuable, and the story that they carry and the story that they have, and you know, many, many people have given their lives, they've sacrificed their life, because they believed in something greater than just their own life. They believed in something that, that being able to, to protect and being able to cherish our nation and be able to fight for our nation in times when that was needed, that uh, it, it called to something higher within them. And uh, so I just want to take a moment this morning. You may have loved ones. You may have people that you know that, uh, that, that their life was, with the, was given on the battlefield. And, um, you know, I know for many families today, that's, that's what they're thinking about. And so, so if we could just take a moment, you know, in all the activities of Memorial Day weekend, uh, the, the sporting events, the Indianapolis 500, so many different things, this is the most important, amen, most important thing. So I would like to do this in honor, I'd like for us to stand, amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we come to you today, Lord, and you say many times in your word the importance of remembrance, of remembering your word, remembering moments, Father, remembering lives. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, today that we have the privilege to be able to remember, God, those that men, women, that believed in the value of freedom, believed in the value of a nation under God. And we pray for them today. We pray for their families. God, we pray that our nation would never grow cold and never forget. Because, Father, that freedom is something that we enjoy every day, but there's a price. There's a price to that freedom. And many have stepped into place of saying, I, I'm willing to pay that price for someone else. So we say to those, we say this morning, thank you. We say thank you. And we honor you this morning. God, I believe that the, those, the cloud of witnesses, those that are in heaven, God, they, they know today that they are being honored they're being honored today. that Their life meant something. Their story was never to be forgotten. And we choose, Lord God, in our church, never to forget, God, uh, but to remember. And so we give you praise this morning, Father. We thank you for the comfort. We pray, for God, for, the, for the, the grace, the strength that you will give every family today and tomorrow that needs that. And we give you praise. Amen. All right, you be seated. Hallelujah. Last week we um, was really uh, an amazing opportunity for people to share testimonies and want to thank John and and um, Joan, Janet, Janet, Janet. Oh, I'm so sorry, honey. It was the leftover of the anointed prayer that just wiped my mind clear. I don't know. But John and Janet last week, oh, gosh, amazing testimony of healing and what God's done. Yeah, Marvin, thank you, Marvin, last week sharing your testimony. That was so awesome. It really was. And just what God's done in your life, my friend, and and bringing you into a place of relationship with him. And uh, that you have encountered the Messiah. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) <laughs> and then Joanna, over here, hey, honey, that was wonderful testimony, and I'm and, uh, just so glad that you were able to share today. And so, because, you know, every story, you could say testimony, you could say story, whatever, is important. And I know there are many of us today, we have stories. God is building a story in all of us, isn't He? Yeah, you know, it's a wonderful thing about it as we encounter Him, we encounter His promises, we encounter His power, we encounter His love, His grace, all those things. He builds a story within us of His goodness. He builds a story within us of what heaven is all about, what heaven is like. and We carry that with us wherever we go. And it's so important, it's so vital that we share those things, not that we just, that we contain those things, but those stories, you have stories inside of you that is meant not just for you. You have stories inside of you, you have testimonies inside of you that is meant for someone else too. Meant for someone. Let me just ask you, those that were with us last weekend, of one of these three testimonies that was shared, it impacted you. Just lift your hand. Amen. Many of us here. Praise God. And so. I want to share today the importance of your story and the importance of the testimony that God is building on the inside of you and the importance of sharing that, you know. And God tells us very specifically in His Word that we are not to forget, that we are to remember, we are to declare, we are to keep it, uh, His testimonies. Because anything of His story, it's all about Him, isn't it? You know, we we were just there to experience, man, just a wonderful move of God, just an opportunity of God doing something that we didn't even think it was possible many times. Many of our stories here are about those impossible situations, those impossible moments that come in our lives, and it comes in all of our lives, doesn't it? Moments is just like, how in the world am I going to ever make it? But, but. Because God lives on the inside of you. Christ lives on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. He enables you. And He enables you to touch heaven. And He enables you, as Jesus prayed, that that heaven would be not just in heaven, but be present here on the earth. And that we would experience it. We would see it. We would know it. We would experience it. And we would live it out. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing. So I'm going to ask Jamie Lombardo to come up here. Come up here, my friend. <laughs> Jamie's an amazing guy. He's uh, he is very active in our healing teams, helps to oversee uh, things with our healing teams here in the church. He is very active in the school of ministry. He's one of the teachers uh, in the school of ministry, amen. And uh, I, I know just for me that uh, my life has been so blessed to watch this man and to watch the changes that has happened in his life over years. And uh, so, buddy,
1: tell us your story. Sure. Well, it's uh, pretty simple. I was really lost, and now I'm really found. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was. I was really, really blind, and now I see very well. (laughs) I didn't have a clue who I was, and now I have a great purpose. Uh, Mother's Day was my anniversary, and Cindy was preaching. And uh, I told Doug a little bit about how I got here. I was, I've been, the Lord actually kind of really strengthened me through videos. And, like, I started watching stuff, like, uh. Todd White on YouTube, and I was like, man, is this real? So I'd been struggling in my journey. I had a lot of sin in my life and uh, really confused. But the Lord kept wooing me and wooing me, and I was like, Lord, if this is real, I want this stuff. I want to encounter you. So I'd been going to a church, and I'd quit a couple churches, and he kept bringing me back. So I remember uh, I was sitting in a preacher's office. Sitting talking to this pastor, and he said, uh, In the middle of it, the Lord starts speaking to me. You're leaving today. I'm like, Wow. So it was the first time like, the Lord really speaking to me. And he just led me out of there. And then I went home and I got on my knees. I said, Well, you got to lead me to a place where I can grow, be discipled, learn. And I typed in kingdom based church, and harvest renewal popped up. <laughs> Never heard of it. So I said, Well, I'm gonna give it a try. So I came here and it's been a journey. But I got so hungry for the Lord. I'd been living this double life and I just finally said, Enough is a enough is enough. And I remember I got on my knees for like three days and every sin I could ever imagine, even back to a childhood, every lie, whatever it was, I just repented. I just took like three days to everything. And I was hungry. I was just like, Lord, I want it. So it's amazing when you die to yourself what the Lord will do to you. It's, a, it's amazing. It really is. I just encourage everybody to get out of the way and the Lord will take over. But uh, and my testimony is really kind of what happened to me here was like I received a lot of deliverance, Healing, physical healing, uh, emotional healing, uh, identity healing, and if He did it for me, He'll do it for anybody in here. So my testimony is really an encouragement for anybody that's struggling—that you can get deliverance, you can get healing, emotional, physical, wherever you're at, you can get get what you need. The Lord has it, and uh, just stay hungry. Get hungry let go of yourself and the lord he will he will come and meet you right where you're at so i just it's been great there's a, and just encouragement i've seen you know since i've been here a lot of people it's been kind of a revolving door and it's a it's a great place where the lord works and the lord will he will meet you here but the enemy likes to attack people here with either offense i see a lot of. And if you get offended here, just know it's not from the Lord. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) You know, it happens. Get over it. And the feeling like you don't belong. This is the family of God. Like, no matter who you are, where you're at, you belong. You are family. And there is wholeness and healing here for you. So, I just thank, there's just a wealth of uh, knowledge and testimonies in this place. I mean, it's amazing. I can look around and just, there's so much here for y'all. So if you're going through something, just reach out. It's amazing the teaching, the testimonies, the people here that will walk with you. And I'm grateful. Grateful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hallelujah. Thank you, Jamie. Now, the thing about it is that as Jamie shared this, this story, testimony, uh, it's in your heart now. You've heard it. It's in your heart. And you're going to carry that wherever you go. Now, that's the beautiful thing about it is that the, I love the body of Christ. I love the family of God because my life has been so enriched and so changed by every one of you. And when I travel into Europe, and travel into other places. I, I carry the testimonies of this house with me. They're like letters that's on my heart. You know, Jill, John, I carry your testimony with me. I carry what God's done in y'all's lives. The miracle of what God did in your life, John, and Jill, what God done in your life. I can't tell you, I, I've shared it in Spain. I've shared it in Russia. I have shared it in Poland. I've shared it in Ukraine. I've shared it in France. I've shared it in Panama. I've shared it all over the world. Your testimony, honey, your story, because that's what God does. He doesn't only just build what He does in our lives, but He places within us the opportunity and the responsibility to carry the testimony of other people. I don't know where. I saw Morgan this morning. Morgan and Joe, I carry your testimony, Morgan, of your last pregnancy. And the miracle that that took place in your last pregnancy, honey, I've shared that all over the world. And it impacts people. It gives people hope. And it gives people a glimpse into the God that we know. And And it enlarges their belief, their faith, that, gosh, if God did that, if God preserved that life that the doctors said there was no way that this little baby was going to ever be born normally and, and or even be born alive because of the circumstances of your pregnancy, but for people to know, wow, there is a God that is able to do that. It's so powerful. You know, there's a passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. I think that we'll put it up on the screen here, I believe. And Paul writes this, and, and, and what he's saying basically is what I'm saying, that he's saying, listen, he's talking to the Corinthian people, and he's saying, listen, I carry your testimony. I carry your story. I carry what your life has been about in my heart. He says, you are an epistle, a letter written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Basically, Paul's saying, that, wherever we go, They know about you. We testify of what God has done in your life. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, being that it is God's testimony. It is to bring glory to Him, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Isn't that powerful? That what we carry, what we share, is not something of our our best ideas, our best creation. No, it is by the Spirit of God. Not on the tablets of stone, but on the tablets of flesh that is of the heart. In Psalm 119, verse 111, it says this. I love Psalm 119 because it speaks a lot about your story. It speaks a lot about the testimony of God, why the testimony of God is so important. And it says here, it says your testimonies. And when we say your testimony, God's testimonies, it is that which has happened in your life, that which God has done, the history of God in your life. That's what a testimony is. It is a written, spoken history of what God has done in your life and has done in history itself. He says, your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever. That means that we need to never forget the things that God has done. No matter how seemingly small And sometimes we feel like, well, that's not that important. No, it is. Everything that God does in your life, every victory you have, small, middle, large, whatever, they're all important. They're all vital. And he says, that's your heritage. That's your heritage that when you're in difficult times, when you're in difficult moments and you just feel overwhelmed with life, he says, just remember Remember what I've done. Remember what I said. Remember what I performed in your life. Remember what I did in Morgan's life. Remember what I did in John and Jill's life. Remember what I did in our Tim's life. You know, took a young man that was messed up. You were messed up, buddy, weren't you? <laughs> And in the, in the, in a place, really the loneliness of a prison, God met you. Changed your life. Man, I'm so glad. I am so glad, Tim, that you had that moment because, man, I, I get to be a part of it. I get to be a part of your story. It is a thrilling thing for me to be a part of his story. I know of another young man years ago, young man that that would look like he was going to prison. He had it was had sold drugs. He'd gotten born again right after that happened. And and uh he was an amazing young man. His name was Mark Linton. And Mark was just just on and when he got saved, I'm just telling you, man, he blew up. He just blew up. And it was such an amazing change. And and then but he was under this sentence, that there was no way, but he was going to prison for many years, I'm talking about selling heavy drugs, and there was no way out, and we prayed, and we prayed for Mark, and he stood before the judge, and the judge tell, tells Mark, I don't understand why I will ever would ever do this, but I'm going to give you a break today. Now this was this was wasn't Mark's first offense. This had happened before. And when it happens again, I mean it's over with, basically. The judge said, Listen, I feel I hear, because Mark just got in front of him and just shared his testimony, what God's been doing in his life, what God did. And he said, Mark, he says, Um, if you will continue to what you what you're doing and continue to be involved in the church there, he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm going to give you probation. You're not going to prison. And i I never seen a happier boy in all my life, man. I mean, he was thrilled. Now, Mark got involved in our youth group. Mark uh, uh, became my uh, assistant youth pastor. And he was just an amazing young man. I mean, he could do anything. He was just so gifted. And uh, last week, the church that Cindy and I were at in Brunswick, Georgia, uh, Mark's been there ever since we left. He took over my position as youth pastor and children's pastor. He's been there ever since. Been faithful. Uh, this past Sunday, they set him in as a senior pastor in that church. Uh, I called him this week and I just I just told him, Mark, how how proud I am of you. You just don't know. But you know. I've had the joy to be a part of his story. I've Had the joy to to carry his story. Now you know his story. The wonderful thing about a testimony is, like I said in Psalm 119, it says, I've taken it as a heritage forever. They are the rejoicing of my heart. Listen, we have so much to to rejoice about. There should never, hardly ever be a moment of depression in our lives. If we just take a couple of moments of what God has done and what God did and, and 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 just encountered us and forgave us that alone that alone just the forgiveness that he has shown in every one of our lives that alone should put us in a constant state of joy cuz I want to tell you we were all guilty we were all guilty and God says, because of my son's blood, I proclaim that you're not guilty, but you're righteous in my eyes. Wow, how amazing that is. How amazing that is. But it says that, that here that the testimonies of God here is the rejoicing of my heart, and it has caused me to incline my heart to perform your statutes, your commandments, your will forever to the end. Forever. It's important. The thing about our story, guys, it's important. Is that it's important for you to speak it? It's important for you to to declare your story, your testimony. You never know who needs it. You never know. And most of the time, we just kind of we just kind of excuse ourselves, we disqualify ourselves, or whatever. We can't do that. We can't do that. You need to declare it. Then it says about testimonies in the Word of God that we need to keep it. We need to preserve it. You know, if I went into your home today, Cindy and I come over this afternoon, so you you don't know which home we're going to come to, okay? All right, so you better be ready, okay? We're going to come into your home. We're going to just have an afternoon with you. And I guarantee you that there are things in your home that you have kept that are important to you. It may be a piece of furniture. maybe may be a picture. It may be something that was given to you. It may be something valuable. But you've kept it. Why have you kept it? Because it meant something to you. It's valuable to you. And that's why it's important for us to keep the testimonies of God, what God is doing in our life, to never forget because they're valuable. They're valuable. and a testimony, one testimony of God's breakthrough in your life can cause breakthrough for somebody else. You know to you it may not just well, just something that God did, but to them it's freedom. To them it's victory. To them it's like, man, you just don't know how I needed that how I needed that to be shared. So we need to declare, we need to keep, and we need to remember. Like today, as we celebrate the weekend of Memorial Day weekend, we remember, we need to remember the testimonies. It's important, vital. Praise God. I want to talk about declaring God's testimony, but I want Nicole to come up here first. I want another testimony, okay? Hallelujah.
2: So I'm probably going to weep the whole way through this, and the reason why I weep is because I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that what I talk about today and what we're talking about today is real, and that it's not. It's not just something out there. It's something that's so real and that can change us and mark us forever. And um, I was such a slave. I was such a slave in my heart to rejection and to abandonment and self-rejection and deception and perversion and lies. And, you know, I was raised in a family where my mom and dad loved me. I had good parents, so I can only imagine, like, when you don't have good parents or if you don't have a parent, what goes on in the heart? And if you're an orphan, what goes on in the heart? Because in my, in my home, there was, there was love, love between my parents, love for me. But I was so much a slave to fear. And I remember I had given my heart to Jesus when I was in, in college. And I was walking down the road with my brother. One, one day we were in at our vacation spot. And I remember saying to him, I hate myself. I just hate myself. I hate who I am. I was at that stage just in some really shameful stuff. And um, my brother looked at me and he said to me, "Rifle." <laughs> he said to me, "That's because you don't know who you are. You're trying to be somebody else. And instead of being who God made you to be, you're trying so hard to do something else, so there's no joy." And around the same time, we had this prophet come around to our church, and he looked at he looked at me, came you know prayed down the line, came to me, and he said, "The mirror is your worst enemy." And you need to stop looking at the mirror. You know, so much. And that's why this stuff, guys, It's there's spirits involved. It's not just the broken emotions. There's, there's stuff out there that affects and influences. If you're struggling with fear, there's demons of fear. If you're struggling with self-hatred, there's spirits of self-hatred. There's devaluing, tormenting, abusive things that lock into those broken emotions and then drive you down, drive you down, drive you down. And I remember the man saying to me, you know, the mirror is your worst image because I would walk past even shopping malls and seeing like my reflection in the window and being like, just as that demonic spirit would speak to me about myself. And. I was 18 when I got saved. I'm 43 now. The gospel is real. He has bought my goodness. Such a freedom to my heart. You know, it says here about oh, Jesus, it says, yeah, but you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you received the spirit of adoption. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And that's the beginning of, of our freedom is, Father, I am your child. And any of you know, these young little ones, they do nothing. Like when they're first born, they, they poop, feed, and sleep. When you've got to clean them up, when you've got to do everything. And there's nothing they give to you. You give everything to them. And there's this utter dependency. And I had to learn how to be so dependent on God for my value. My testimony this morning is one of value. Because I can stand in front of you now and say, with such a wholesomeness, I love myself. I love myself. I, I, my husband is hysterical because we got married and I'd come down the stairs. And I'm like, tell me I'm beautiful. <laughs> and he's like, seriously? I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> seriously, you know. And, <laughs> and Greg initially and and didn't know how to take But, you know, that's another testimony is I got the man of my dreams when I was in school, everyone else got those. They weren't interested in me. I got the one who my heart loved, who was the integrous, the kind, the love of my heart. And I got him. Why? Because I was so sold out to Jesus. I'm like, God, and when Greg, when Greg and I first got married, he said, how are you? And he said this to me, how are you so secure in God's love? And I was like, Because when there was no one else around, he was. And before you ever came around and told me I was beautiful, he marked my heart with beauty. He, every area that I was so screaming in fear, I had to allow him. Because if you ever have a child that's overstimulated, And you try and like calm them down, even just to hold them, and they're like "Ah!" and just to calm us down in our spirit, man, takes grace and loving kindness to bring us to peace. Sometimes our over busyness, we try and we're not productive, but oh yes, we're busy, because it's it's a pain medicator. It dulls the pain. And God wants to come in, and he does. He has with my life is come in, and he's injected this living, living hope and identity and love and that spirit of adoption that breathes value into us. And you know what? If people around you are unkind or if they're critical, the only reason why they're like that is because they're like that to themselves first. When your inner script towards you is kindness, then you can be kind to others. You cannot give to other people what you don't have yourself. So my testimony is, people say to me, what's your hobby? I'm like, my hobby's people. Seriously, they're like, what's your hobby? People. I love people. I love being around people. I love moms and dads. How many moms and dads? I have so many moms and dads. How many children do you have? I have thousands. Brothers and sisters, even more. Why? Because I... It's like I collect them because why? I just know how much he poured into me and how lost I was and how valueless I felt. And now I sincerely don't feel that anymore. There's not a day I wake up where I'm like, oh, I feel so bad about myself. I just don't. And I I say that because the gospel is real. Because I used to wake up and not feel that way. So I just even just decree and declare spirit of adoption over you and that there is no hole that he cannot fill there is no lie he cannot combat there's no spirit he cannot he just goes and it goes and it leaves so just speak a spirit of adoption upon us as a body amen
0: Wow. I'll just sit back down. Nicole, you come back up here, baby. Aren't you glad that you're part of Nicole's collection? Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> I was just thinking, Nicole if you are sharing. Uh, I was thinking, gosh, I was 21 when you were born. It's like, it's like wow. Okay. So um, well, let me tell you, so, okay, Nicole was declaring her testimony. Amen? We all heard it. And she was declaring her testimony. Three things were in operation as she was declaring her testimony. And three things are always in operation when you declare your story, when you declare your testimony. First, we get a revelation of how God works. See, Nicole had to discover that God works in a different way than she works in her own life. Amen? And, and we, as we share and we declare our testimony, we get a glimpse, we get a revelation all of a sudden, of how God works. And we get a, we get an encouragement that the same anointing that God poured out to Nicole to heal her, it opens up the access of that anointing to every one of us. That's the beautiful thing about it. So, one, we get a revelation of how God works. Secondly, we get a revelation of who God is and the nature of His heart. How many of you have discovered that when you when you have really gotten a revelation of His heart, it's so different from what you thought it was. You realize, you know, God is not angry with me. God loves me. God does, is not going to punish me because that was poured out on the cross. That what God's going to pour out to me is redemption. He's pouring out redemption to me. The thing about it is that when we declare our testimony, when we declare... This is our God. This is your God. This is His nature. It does an amazing thing because it invites others to come and to experience that. A declared testimony will train us to see reality from God's perspective. We get goofed up. We are all goofed up at times we get goofed up because the reality that we're living out of is a false reality. It's a reality of what the enemy says, and it's not a real reality. The only reality that is really real is what God says. And when we understand and we hear a testimony about God, the goodness of God, that God is a God who is able to heal deep into the heart, that has just known rejection and abandonment, like Nicole was saying, and that God can heal that heart. Because I tell you, those thoughts, those things are so ingrained in our minds and we have to rethink. We have to rethink. And that's the beautiful thing. That's the third thing a declared testimony does. It changes our minds. It changes our minds. It fills our heart and our mind and helps us to understand because when we meditate on these things, if you just go home today and meditate on Jamie's testimony, meditate, meditate on Nicole's testimony, their stories, I want to tell you, it's going to begin to change things inside your heart. Because, you know, whatever we allow, now this is so powerful, whatever we allow to fill our heart and to fill our minds, we will establish a covenant of trust with that. Now, it's great when it's God, but many times we have established a covenant with low self-esteem, low value, fear, depression, sickness, disease, whatever it is. Because we fill our hearts and our minds with those thoughts and those things. And because we do, all of a sudden there's a covenant of trust that gets established between you and that thing or you and the enemy. That's why, that's why when when God approached Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, and he says, Joshua, you have a new assignment. You are now leading the entire nation of Israel into the promised land. And Joshua was afraid. He had no courage. He was afraid. And God said, Joshua, you have developed a covenant of trust with fear. And the way that that fear is going to be broken in your life is you take this word and you begin to meditate. You begin to fill yourself with this word and my promises and my testimonies because that's exactly what God does. You begin to read the first chapter of Joshua. and, God, and The first thing that God says Moses is dead, but listen, as I was with Moses and what I did with Moses, I'm going to do the same thing with you, Josh. So just remember the testimony of Moses, what I've done in Moses' life, because I'm going to do the same thing in your life. But it was so difficult for Joshua to do that because he had developed somewhere along the way, he had developed a covenant of trust with fear. And so God says, Joshua, he told him seven times in that first chapter. Be of great courage, don't fear. Be of good courage, don't fear, Joshua. See, when we when we have developed a covenant of trust with something like that, we need to hear God's Word over and over and over and over and over again. we got to fill our hearts. we got to fill our minds with the truth of God. And, jo- and God tells Joshua, Joshua, if you will fill your mind and your heart with my truth, whatever you do, Joshua, will prosper. Whatever you do, Joshua, you will have success in. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. See, you can, test the, you can take the testimony of Joshua today, and you can say, well, if God did it for Joshua, then God will do it for me. He's the same God, same promises, same truth. He'll do it in my life. Amen? So when we declare God's testimony, we discover the, the revelation of how God works. There's a revelation of who God is and his nature. It's a revelation that we need to fill our heart and our minds so that I can begin to develop a covenant of faith, a covenant of trust with my God. Amen? How do we keep his testimony? Come on up here, Brett. I love these testimonies this morning, don't you? Amen, hey, buddy.
3: So guys, um, I, I think my testimony is very similar, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to a lot of stuff Nicole said and uh, Jamie as well. You know, God is so good. And a lot of times in, in my life, he didn't move because of my theology, he moved in spite of it. And uh, for a long time, I really perceived him very wrong. I, you know, a lot of my upbringing, uh, just my, my family life, and then getting saved into a very legalistic church, uh, my, my whole walk, I really so I've been a Christian for 17 years and I didn't know God until not even a year, you know? Uh, and I just really, uh, he would always move in my life, but, uh, you know, uh, religion really kills, you know? And, uh, and I lived a very religious life that kind of slowly just wore me down and wore me down. And then, and, and, you know, God would still move despite that. But eventually, uh, you know, I had a lot of tough things happen. I lost my brother, uh, a lot of friends died uh, from drug overdoses. I, one of my friends down here died from pancreatic cancer. Just a lot of stuff happened. And I, so I, now I went from viewing God as a religious God to really just I was a deist, you know. I mean, I could, too much had happened in my life to deny that he was real. But I said, you know, he's off there, he, separated, aloof. He doesn't care about what's going on here. He wound this earth up like a clock and he just let it go. And that's, that was the God I came to know. And, uh so I gave a testimony at the end of last year, and so I'm not really going to get into that, but I, I pretty much got wrecked by God, you know. And uh, just like one, one instance actually in the presence accelerated more than 16 years of learning and religious study, re- definitely religious study I did on my own, and it, it just changed everything. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and I would say that one of the most profound things that I've, I've come to realize is that I'm in union with, with God, you know. I'm, I'm in the Godhead, you know. Christ, or God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And he reconciled all of us into himself. And there's no separation anymore. Before I had anything to say about it 2,000 years ago, I was reconciled with God. And, uh, I was, and, and you know, I was alienated in my own mind. And, uh, you know, and so that changes everything. If God's not way off up there, if he's already inside of me, there's nothing religious I got to do to get him down here, you know. Uh, I I don't have to pray for more and more of the spirit because I have the Holy Spirit who's a person living inside of me. And so that's just changed everything. And, you know, I've I've just, the last three years of my life especially have been very difficult in terms of just not having this revelation and living in depression and, uh, you know, really not like being here in church a lot by, you know, God was just so good. He, he eventually led me into this and, uh, you know, that j- just having that oneness with God has just uh, given me a joy that I haven't had really my whole life. And, uh, this is, uh, it really been something that's just been, uh, pretty recent, you know, and, uh, and it's just been amazing, you know, just, if I could just say that was the end of it, that would be enough, uh. Because there's no more striving, you know, uh, sanctification is a person, you know, Redemption's a person, righteousness is a person. I don't need to ask God to give me more of it, he's put me into a person who has all of that, so I'm perfect, you know? So, uh, I just wanted to share two quick things that have happened recently, I've been having dreams every single night, I actually, as soon as I put my kids down, I go to sleep just so I can have another one, you know, but... Uh, A lot of them have been pretty like, uh, you know, from prophetic ones to just, uh, you know, God speaking directly to me. My wife is really able to interpret a lot of them. I I sometimes have a problem with that. But uh, one of the things that happened, and this was really the first one I had. I hadn't dreamed for years. And uh, this girl I work with, uh, I I work at a gym part-time. And this girl I work with uh, who, I, you know, I, I really enjoy her company and talking with her about a, a life and a lot of things. We have a lot of similarities and in, interests and stuff. And I had a dream with her in it. And in, in the dream, to make a long story short, there's all this other stuff. But in the dream, she was uh, – this was on a, like a Friday uh, night. In the dream, she was approached by a homeless person. And, you know, uh, so, uh, so more stuff happened. But to make a long story short – uh, on f- that following Thursday, when I was working with her, I was just like, I, I didn't, f- I just kind of flippantly told her, oh, yeah, you were in my dream the other day, and, I, you know, I, I, we, we were walking here, and then this, this homeless person came up to you and started saying this and that, and her, her face just dropped, and she's like, that, that actually happened yesterday, and so we've been talking about God forever since now. You know that was like I don't know that was months ago, and it's kind of like the all we talk about now every time that we work together. Uh, so that was just one thing uh, instance. Another one before Matt Sorgier came here. Uh, all that stuff that he was talking about about India, he shared about human trafficking in India and all that. Uh, and uh, I had really had a specific everything that he was describing. Like two weeks before, I, I dreamed exactly what he was talking about. I walked into a, a place that had all, like, dog cages. And uh, and yeah, he described how he actually had witnessed, you know, um, uh, people in the tra- trafficking business actually locked inside these dog cages. And, you know, so I, I know I'll end up there eventually. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know when I go. Uh because I know that's something that would become come to pass, too. But the last thing I just want to leave you with, you know, with all these uh, memorials is, as Danielle was singing in the worship band, which was amazing, was singing about is he takes us from glory to glory. So and rather than just like I, I remember, I had like a, a lot of powerful experiences a long time ago and just camping out on those 10 years later, like, man, that was awesome 10 years ago. <laughs> But, you know, God, now I realize that that was just orphan thinking, you know, thinking that what he did long ago, that was that, and he wasn't going to do something far more abundantly than I could ever ask or think. So all of these things that we experience, have experienced and have created as memorials, I, I, I know with full conviction that God is going to take us from one glory to even higher glory And so I just speak that over everybody that's received these testimonies, that has received their own testimonies, that you look forward, that you say, wow, God did that. I can't wait to see how much he uh, exceeds above that in the next testimony. God bless you all.
0: Amen. Here you go. How many are you are glad that, Brett kept this testimony. He preserved this testimony. Amen. It's so important. You know, that, like I said, there are three things. We declare a testimony, we keep a testimony, and we remember a testimony. In Deuteronomy 6.17, it says this. It says that God says that you need to diligently keep the commandments of the Lord, his testimonies, and his statutes. But there are three things that God tells us is important for us to. Keep, value, preserve, never forget those type of things. Why do we need to keep? Why is it important for Brett to come up here and to share something? Why is it important for Nicole? Why is it important for any of us to say, listen, I've got a testimony that I've been keeping on the inside. I want to share that with you. Why is that important? One, it motivates others, it helps others to break through an impossible barrier. It helps others to break through an impossible barrier. One of the greatest examples in the Bible is in the book of Nehemiah. When Nehemiah steps into a place of total devastation, where people were just surviving for over 100 years, these they, they were the refugees that have gone back to Israel, had gone back to Jerusalem, and, they, and the wall has never been rebuilt for over 100 years. And Nehemiah gets this desire, this passion, to go, and even for him to be able to go was a was a, just a miracle, to have the favor of the king to go and to lead this. And when he gets there, he finds a people that have so been those so devastated by just destructive things in their life, and they're just barely surviving. And he wonders how in the world... Will I ever motivate these people to do something that seems to them right now to be impossible? Because they have been attempting to do this for over a hundred years. And they've grown to a place of saying, it's impossible. We'll never be able to do this. There's too much division, too much, too much fighting in among ourselves. And Nehemiah comes and he does this in the second chapter of Nehemiah. He he shares his story. He shares his testimony of what God did for him to enable him to come and bring the materials from the king to be able to rebuild the wall. And it said that in in the sharing, because he kept that testimony, he valued that testimony, that story, and at the proper time he shared it. And when he did, it changed something in the in the atmosphere of that place, it changed something in the people's hearts. And they, and they, when they heard Nehemiah's testimony, they gained the courage, and they said, and they said, "This, let's rise up and let's build." Something happened. And of course, we know the story that that which had not been done in a hundred years, they accomplished in fifty-two days because of a testimony, because they preserved, they kept a the testimony. A testimony will always allow others, motivate others to break through their impossible barrier. Like I said, God's testimonies are reminders of His character, His nature. God's testimony can be a doorway into someone else's life to bring them to the Lord. It can be a doorway. That's why your testimony is important many people that i've led to the lord it was just me sharing my testimony of how god helped me to overcome bitterness and anger and to love again how god enabled me to to love a man that i thought i could never love to begin to love my father again and he erased so much anger so much bitterness that was in my heart. You know, what I have found a lot of people are in the same place. And when I just share that simple testimony, then it does something. And they say, you know, I want that. And I said, well, the only way that I was able to do that because I had the love of God on the inside of me, because I didn't have the capability. I didn't have the potential in my own love. My own love wanted to hate. My own love wanted to judge. What was inside of me wanted to to harbor unforgiveness and offense and and to punish someone that I felt like that had done me wrong. But God transformed my heart. (laughs) And God enabled me to love someone, enabled me to love a man that was addicted to alcohol, a man that made mistake after mistake after mistake. He caused me to love that man. And I can't tell you how many people I've sat down with and I've shared that story and I've prayed with them to receive Jesus because they want the same thing. People do not want to be filled with anger and hatred and bitterness and offenses because it ruins their life. And it ruins everything about them. But to know that there is a God that is able to transform their life, it's an amazing thing. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing. So it does that. When Jesus was at the well with the woman from Samaria, and he, and he, and he tells the woman about her life, and she is so shocked that he would know that because it's, it's a secret. Nobody knows but Jesus said, and, and, and she perceived that this had to be the Son of God. And she goes to the village, and what does she do? She tells everybody in the village, come and see and hear a man who knew everything about me. I believe that he is the Son of God. And it said because of that, many turned to the Lord in that village, in that Samaritan village. It's amazing. It's amazing. Testimonies can change the atmosphere of your life. I believe right now, because of the things that's being shared this morning, something is shifting in your life. Something is shifting in your thinking. Something is shifting in this atmosphere here to believe, wow, God can do that. If God can do that, can can He can He build a story within me? A few years back I was in Ukraine ministering. I, I think I've shared this story before, but it bears repeating. And I had, and usually I would share and and pray for people, and I'll share for about an hour, and then I'll spend about five or six hours praying for people, and prophesying over people, and praying for people for healing, and it's, it's just amazing. And I had this older lady come up to me, and you could tell her friends, her her group, her crew, came with her, and she had a brain tumor, and basically. She was, she was going to die. She was dying, and she was going to die. And all of her friends were there, and it was al- almost like it was a funeral already. It was almost like we're bringing her up, so if you go ahead and put her in the casket, that'd be great type thing. I mean, th- their minds were settled that she was going to die and that this tumor was going to kill her, and it was killing her then. Because she said that, that for she said for months the pressure of this tumor that has grown in her head put so much pressure in her in her head that she was she said pain 24 hours a day can you imagine what what it feels like to have pain 24 hours a day day after day week after week month after month and that's the life that she was living in and everybody was just like it was i mean it was a sad story and everybody was just like, you know, she's going to die. She's going to die. And I'm just thinking, that, you, know, you know, we got to change the atmosphere here. So I began to share. I said, before I share, before I pray, I'm going to share a couple of stories. I'm going to share a couple of testimonies. I'm to begin to share testimonies of healing. Because I knew something had to shift in their hearts. Something had to happen in their hearts, or this is, was not going to take place. And I could tell it began to shift. And people begin to get excited about what God could do, the miraculous things that God could do. We all gathered around her and prayed over her. And within about two minutes, she screams. She screams and she starts crying. And I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh, man, the pain must be terrible. And, And through interpreter, I said, what's going on? She says, the pain is gone. I feel no pain. It's gone. She says, I felt something shift in my head. The pain is gone. I don't know what God has done, but I believe he has healed me. Amazing. I told her, I said, go back to the doctor and see what the doctor shows you. Last year, I think it was last year, I was back in this little town called Nova Saw her again. She Wasn't dead. She wasn't dead. She was doing great, doing great. God had done a miracle because what testimonies can do, it shifts the atmosphere. One last thing here. Can you give me five more minutes? Amen? Okay. Okay, I'll take (laughs) ten. One last thing. As you go today, you need to remember. Now, what's important is that you just don't remember what Jamie said or Brett said. Nicole said what I said. You remember what God's done in your life. because see, when we remember, they're like seeds of replication. We, we, we remember the testimonies of God. We remember the story that He's building in our life. It's like seeds of replication. And every time you remember, you're casting another seed. You're casting another seed that God's going to do it again. God's going to do it again. God's able to do it again. God's able to do it for you. So remembrance is such a powerful, powerful thing. It helps me to see and hear clearly again. Because, you know, most of now we need to remember when we're in the battle, don't we? We need to remember when we're underneath the accusation of the enemy and the lies of the enemy and the fear of the enemy. That's when we need to remember how good God is. What God has done. I want to tell you, even the what seems to be, the, well, hey buddy, what see, I thought I heard something about there, what seems to be the smallest little thing to you, is a huge seed of replication, and we know what seeds do, don't we? They get planted, and all of a sudden they start growing, and they start taking over, and the seed of your testimony, is powerful powerful. That's why God goes to Joshua. He says, remember what I did with Moses. Remember when I did this, Joshua? You need to remember that because he could see and clearly. When we remember, it brings God back into the center of our place where we're at. Bring God back into that place. The thing about it is that when you remember, this is so powerful. When you remember what God has done we have no excuse to doubt. We have no excuse anymore. You remembering one thing that God has done in your life, it wipes out all the excuses all the time. It wipes out. That's why it's so powerful. That's why God says you need to declare, you need to keep, and you, do, and you need to remember remembering things like this produces courage and strength to overcome the enemy and to do the impossible. One thing I've learned in life, I will face a lot of impossibilities. One thing I've learned, I will face a lot of things that I cannot change. God loves to do the possible. God loves to do the possible in the midst of my impossibility. I wrote this down. I want to read this. Jesus has commissioned you and I to do the impossible. He has commissioned us to go into all the world. To go into all the world to make disciples, to tell people. He has told us to go do the impossible. We are, guys, we are to step into this generation to reveal the Father and His likeness, to reveal His story, to reveal His testimonies. We are to be walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, motivated by love, bringing the kingdom of heaven through the demonstrations of power and authority here. We do this by declaring by keeping and by remembering testimony. Amen. Sandy has something. I wanted her. She shared this with me yesterday. And I just thought, wow, honey, that is so amazing. You need to share it today. So as we close today, come on up here, baby. Amen.
4: You know, it's it's really amazing how God speaks made us uh, so different and he relates to us the way he made us you know and and he he put within me such a love for numbers now don't get that confused with math, I do not love for math. but just dates yeah not, but but numbers I just love numbers and colors and so he will speak to and it's like a game that we play together. And so recently, over the last week, I have been seeing four, four, four everywhere. And it's like, I'm going, okay, every time, every, I'll look at the clock, I'll be walking, 4.44, or I'll wake up in the night, 4.44. Um, at the grocery store, I ran into two items that were $4.44 that I need. I mean, you know, that's just unusual. So I said, okay, God, what what are you saying to me? What is this? So I looked up what that means. If you're seeing, you know, doubles and triples and fours. And this is what it said. I love this. It says the number four speaks of creation the earth or creative works as it was the fourth day of creation that saw material creation finished and in the Hebrew language the fourth letter is D-A-L-E-T and it's represented pictorially as an open door likened to an open tent door such as found entering the tent of meeting the open door implies an invitation to enter fresh intimate encounters with God's presence and build intimacy with God. When seeing fours, take note of what you're doing or thinking at the time as it can be God talking of an open-door season and creative miracles, especially pertaining to entering the season you are on the threshold of. It's a fresh perspective as you come up higher and see the doors open to you. An increase of the seer gifting to see with greater clarity. God is decreeing victory over you. Align with what God is saying as you enter the door God has opened. And start decreeing victory. And so, how many of you see have been seeing like multiples and numbers? Are you, uh, some of you might not know. But I mean, I do because I look for that kind of stuff. But if you're in a place where you're wanting to see victory, if you're wanting to step through a door of opportunity, step through break, have breakthrough in areas of your life, I believe that God is saying this is a a moment. This is one of those moments where there is such grace. You will put your faith to it to step through. And um, can we just have, if you're in that place, can you take a step of faith and just come up here? Just come up here. If you're wanting, if, if, if there is a promise you're waiting for, if there is something that you're thinking, man, I just need breakthrough in this area. I just want to see victory in this area here because there is this is a this is the t-
0: you're creating God a moment where we can glorify you we can praise you we can say listen let me tell you how how amazing my God is let me tell you how amazing how wonderful how breathtaking is my God Father we just thank you right now I just pray that over God every person in this room standing, sitting, it doesn't matter God we just call forth Father that creative thing right now that you're doing in lives. We call it forth in Jesus' name. We call forth the open door. We call forth that beautiful, newly created thing that you're doing within lives right now, within families. Come here! Oh, He's so worthy! He's so worthy! He's so worthy! it all, thank you, God! Thank you, God! You're worthy, you. Father! It's all about You! It's all about You! It's all about You! It's all about You! It's all about you. Oh, glory, honor, praise, come to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We're going to have people up here that's part of our altar ministry team. You go ahead and come on up here this is your Sunday. You have to pray for people. Come on up here. And if you need prayer, I'll be up here standing with a little bands on. Part of the team. All right? And we'll be glad to pray for you. Love you. you, need to know, we understand. But we're gonna worship a little bit longer here today. You need to if you have children downstairs. Please don't get your children. The children's church and God bless you.